welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 22. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen today. I have to say again, thank you so much to everybody who has reached out. It just seems like every week I am hearing from more and more listeners and new listeners. And again, I'm, I'm just so thankful and it's amazing to see in just a relatively short time what this podcast is becoming and who it's been able to reach. So again, thank you so much. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcast. It really does help the show and helps people find the show, more importantly. So that would be wonderful. <laughs> um, today I have a really great episode. I am talking with a fellow autism mama. Her name is Sarah, and she actually has a very unique story and journey. She has two children on the spectrum. She has an older son and a younger son, uh, both with an autism diagnosis, and the, both that look very different in those diagnoses. They are very different people, and we get into all that, which is really interesting. She also gets very raw and real and talks about her struggles with alcoholism and what eventually led her to her recovery. She is sober now. Go Sarah. <laughs> um, and it was really, it was just a really great conversation that we had. So before we get into that, I just want to touch on something really quick. We talk about when her older son was kind of in the process of getting diagnosed. He initially came back with a diagnosis of PDD NOS, which we kind of talk about what that means in the episode, but we didn't actually hit what the acronym stands for. So I just wanted to explain that now so you're not confused when you're listening, because I was even not sure. <laughs> um, it is a bit of an older, older diagnosis, but that stands for pervasive developmental disorder, not otherwise specified. And we talk about this in the episode that the PDD NOS diagnosis kind of would go with the like an Asperger's diagnosis, which neither of those diagnoses are even given anymore. Everything falls under the category of ASD, which is autism spectrum disorder. So that umbrella kind of houses all these diagnosis of yesteryear. <laughs> um, and now it's all just autism spectrum disorder. So like I said, we talk about this in the episode, but I just wanted to explain that that PDD NOS so that when you're listening, you understand a little more of what we were talking about. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy listening to my episode with Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Megan. Hi, welcome to Adventures in Autism. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to chat with you. Likewise. Oh, awesome. Um, okay, so Sarah and I actually connected on Instagram, my 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 favorite of the social media platforms. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was just so uh, taken aback with her just honesty and vulnerability in all of her posts that I had reached out and was just like, I need you on the podcast. <laughs> um, so I'm so, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm so excited to have you. Um, and you have a very interesting story, um, which I'm going to let, I'm going to let you kind of take over, but if you will kind of take us back to, you know, kind of the beginning, um, you and I were talking a little bit before we recorded, Sarah actually has two children on the spectrum. So, um, yeah, like I said, if you can kind of take us back to the beginning of your story. Sure. Um, well, first, thank you so much for uh, finding me and, <laughs> and inviting me onto your um, amazing podcast. I've listened to some of your um, episodes already, and you're very, very good at what you do. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> you're thank welcome. You so um, well, I, I noticed that um, a lot of the Instagrammers and and women out there, moms of children on the spectrum out there, seem to be um, I see seem to have everyone by about a decade in terms of age, <laughs> and so I feel a little bit old. Oh my but, god! Um, no, <laughs> no. When, but no, this is it's interesting, and it's very it's been a very interesting experience for me to join this world. Mm -hmm. um, I um, have three sons and my oldest is 15 and he is, neuro as 
they say neurotypical. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have anxiety, um, and that is addressed. And then his two younger brothers, um, my middle son is 13, and he has what is formerly known as Asperger's syndrome. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm sure most listeners know that now that's you either have autism or you don't have autism. There mm-hmm. used there used to be the PDD-NOS and the Asperger's, um, and now it's just ASD or you're not autistic. So that is a good thing to point out, though, because that that is something that in the past we did hear that that term Asperger's, and it it wasn't like I mean I know at least I always knew that it was associated with autism, but I think there there are people that maybe didn't realize that. Asperger's really is just more of like a high functioning form of autism. But like you said, now it's just autism spectrum disorder across the board and there's just varying degrees. Correct. Yes. And, and what I've learned in the years that I've um, been raising my sons Mm -hmm. is that, um, you know, a lot of the, the terminology that we use to describe our children, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people have their very, um, strong opinions about how they yeah. want to refer to their children and um, and their theories and and things of that nature. But I, um, for my middle son, he um, was originally diagnosed with PDD-NOS at the age of uh, four. And that's familiar with? Can you explain what that is? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, well, you know, when I went in and got that diagnosis, uh, my husband and I went in. And I was just scared out of my mind. You know, I was, so my son's 13 now. So when he was four, do the math, he was, um, it was a while ago um, in autism years, you know, and, uh, (laughs) and uh, we, we um, went in there really not sure what the heck was going on with him, except for the fact that he, you know, was very delayed with his um, expressive and receptive language. So, mm-hmm. um, he was immediately diagnosed with an expressive receptive language disorder. And aside from that, um, we had issues with him, um, like behaviors that were, you know, not typical in that mm-hmm. it took, he fell apart very easily. He, um, was very, very rigid, uh, more easily irritated by things, not very flexible, um, little changes in routines would, you know, just cause for a two hour meltdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when he was 15 months old and, um, beyond. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that's been like the biggest, um, challenge, um, as a mom with my middle son and, uh, so anyway, so to backtrack, um, when we got the diagnosis of PDD NOS, it was essentially given because the, I think the the neurologist at the time was not really completely convinced he had autism. But we we got the diagnosis to help us get services for him in the mm-hmm. public school that he was attending, and um, then <clears throat> excuse me, then we you know, a lot for the next couple of years, we had him in, um, you know, he was in a resource room model, um, a public school program that was very good. And then we also had him in like, um, private, uh, OT, private, uh, speech therapy. And then we dabbled in social skill classes. And along the way, you know, we were doing a lot of, um, we heard a lot of, opinions from a lot of different specialists that we brought him to uh, and they were a lot were saying oh I don't know if it's autism he doesn't really look autistic or 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 then we bring him back and they say wow he lo- he really looks autistic today and so it was very con- it was very confusing so years went by and we just we held on to that autism diagnosis because he would get services in school mm-hmm. and um and that was fine I had no problem with that um and then as he, then he, then he was heading towards middle school and we started to notice, um, you know, increased behaviors that were because of 
you know, anxiety and some depression type issues. And, um, so we, I said, we, we really need to go back to the neurologist. And so we went to somebody new, somebody different. And I really, really wanted to know for sure. Like it, and, and I wanted to be able to tell him, um, because at that point, like he had a lot of peer uh, friendships and all of his friendships were with other autistic kids. Oh. And, and um, they were already talking about how they have autism. And so when I would talk about, you know, I would talk with the moms and, and I, and they knew my dilemma because we didn't really get a definitive diagnosis. We, well, we did back when he was four, but you know, what, what I had learned up until that point was that uh, from then until, you know, when he was nine, um, that typically kids um, who are diagnosed with PDD-NOS um, go back and get undiagnosed with that, with that. And that makes it very confusing. And so it's like, well, did they have autism at all to begin with? Like that, that, that's very confusing. So I think that's probably one of the many reasons why they got rid of that um, PDD-NOS. And that's why it's now just autism or not autism. Uh, anyway, so we went back when he was nine and got a thorough workup at a, uh, a different neurologist. And it, that's when it was, you know, 13 pages later um, at the end, she wrote, you know, he has ASD mm-hmm. and then in parentheses, what is formerly known as Asperger syndrome. So that, um, that made sense to me. And at that point, we had had our third son who was moving towards an autism diagnosis, and his autism looks very different from my middle son's. I'll just call him T. My middle son's T. And then my just for I try to stay anonymous on the on, yes. on social media. So, um, and especially with my children. Yeah. Um, so, um, so T is my thirteen-year-old, and C is my my young guy. My, my almost 11 year old. So, um, anyway, so once we found out that T had Asperger's or not Asperger, well, what formerly is known as Asperger's autism, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, he was on, uh, two medications, one for, um, impulsivity and another for, um, his, you know, anxiety and depression. And those were both helpful, but he was in a, school program that wasn't really following the behavioral plan very well. So he was doing a lot of falling apart and that made life very, very difficult for me because I was constantly getting phone calls from the school Mm -hmm. and, you know, he, he would break down in tears and crying and, Mm -hmm. and like he gets stuck in the emotion. So then we eventually got him into therapy. um, And that has been tremendously helpful. And so he's in a good place right now. Um, His, once he got into middle school, um, he, his grades just like skyrocketed. Like, Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, where in fourth and fifth grade, when he was in a program that was just for, um, well in public school in our, in my town, all the fourth and fifth graders are housed in this one school. And, um, he didn't do very well there, not because he's not capable they just didn't they weren't following the program well and the, and I had disagreed with his fourth grade um IEP and they said no 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 this is fine this will he's ready for it he's ready and sure enough it you know I I wish I had pushed a little bit harder because it it mm-hmm. wasn't right for him so um anyway so I didn't even really look at his grades when he was in fourth and fifth grade I just wanted to get out out of that school yeah and move on and <laughs> Um, right. And he mm-hmm. was in therapies outside of school. And, and so once he got to sixth grade, it was just like, he's, he's just very, he's so independent and he, he is, um, he befriends older kids a lot. Like, and I think it's because he's, he's very gifted in, um, <laughs> I guess most autistic kids are with, with, um, computers and like, technology and um math is his big thing he's also really really he's a really really good violinist and so so like music and math are 
like I wouldn't say he's a prodigy, but he's he's definitely <laughs> maybe if he practiced the violin more, like he would be a prodigy. But just, no, he, <laughs> just under prodigy status. <laughs> yeah, um, he he enjoys. Yeah, he's been playing it since he's th- um, been in third grade, and you know now he's um, midway through eighth grade, and and he's we're just so proud of him. He he yeah. loves it, and he's good at it. But anyway, so so middle school's been great because he he's been on the honor roll like he's he he's only in one class that is small is small and it's the english class and that one um it's tough for him because he he wants to be in the big class but he's just like analytical skills are just really really hard for him like he he was the kid growing up that you know he would watch we'd be watching a movie and he would be saying is that real (laughs) <laughs> and or is that pretend like are, and we're like they're actors and they're pretending to be, and he it, he just could get it and then like the the nuances with language like the sarcasm it was okay. very hard for him to pick up and and he still does that to this day and and like and he'll but he's aware of that like he's a he, now and I never ever thought we'd get to this day because like so any of you any of the listeners <laughs> out there who are like oh my gosh I have a two-year-old who sounds a lot like T mm-hmm. um and I'm so worried I'm crying every night well, okay. So that was me. Okay. So I did, I would cry. I would cry in bed, um, in his bed after he fell asleep every night Mm -hmm. when we were like, really not sure what was going on. And I was really the only one, um, you know, and my, and my husband would agree. Like he, my husband was like, Oh, he'll, he'll grow out of it. It's a, it'll iron out. Everything will iron (laughs) out. And he really couldn't see it, but I like something. And I write about it in my blog. I think, I think I do like our, our one of my earlier um, entries is, is about how I just thought there was something in how he received the world, like his eyes, the way he looked at me. And I don't know, there's something that, you know, we, as mothers, like, you know, even, even mothers who adopt children, mm-hmm. you know, there's something with a mother um, child relationship that is just not like none other. And we can really, right. Like we can, mm-hmm. we can pick up on things and we feel like we're just, it's just like we're mama bears, you know, this, so and true. we just, so with, ta- with T, oh, I almost said his name. Um, <laughs> I might slip and oh, well, but My um, following <laughs> isn't that huge. So don't be too okay. scared. <laughs> People listen, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure. And yeah, um, it'll just keep growing, but um, <laughs> no. So he, so I did, I would cry every night saying that like, I would pray to God. I'm like, God, please just make him, I don't even know what I was praying for. I'm just yeah. like, make him snap out of it. That's what it was. I was like, he, cause he was just so in his own world. And it was like, he didn't realize anything else existed in the world except for numbers and for, um, blues clues. Like he was really into blues clues and, and that's all he wanted to do. But fast forward. So I can, I can be, um, the crystal ball for any of you young moms <laughs> out there with, you know, newly diagnosed children. Um, it, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a humbling experience to mm-hmm. rate, you know, you go through and we're different than, you know, the parents who have neurotypical kids. Cause, cause I, I, I've heard, and I continue to hear along the way, like I have, I have close friends and they, and they mean, well, they're like, Oh, well, my, my neurotypical kids. Oh, that, Oh, we go through the same thing. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> Uh, no, you don't like, no. you know, you know, cause, cause I have a neurotypical kid right. and I have two autistic kids. And so yeah. the, the, the struggles with, you know, and, and, you know, and I don't resent anybody who like, it's just, they know what they know. They and I, well. I know what I, what's that? I said, they mean well, it, they totally do. And, yeah. and I have the most incredibly supportive friends and mm-hmm. family. Um, and they've been, you know, a, a few in particular who have been, um, holding my hand um, this entire time. My best friend is a speech pathologist. So she was oh, there oh. from, yeah, she was there for me from the beginning. Um, I'll call her Kay. If okay. she, if she listens, I'm sure she'll listen to this and this is a shout out to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's an amazing speech pathologist. And from the beginning, I know it was a delicate dance in the beginning because I think she could tell something was up with T and, um, and, but she was so kind and mm-hmm. and and she kind of gently encouraged me to try out therapies and um now it, it, it was great to have her you know because mm-hmm. she 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 knew I was afraid so she was really helping me to kind of be less afraid but 
I, I still was afraid, but, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. But so that's, that's kind of Tyler's, um, kind of overall story. There's so much more to him, but I know <laughs> we want to dabble into my, my other, my so other much to discuss. I do. Yeah. I have one question though. Um, yeah, sure. So you said that like in, in, you know, kind of his early years, he had that sort of like delayed in, in different areas. And, and then, I mean, it, it sounds like he's really been able to catch up. So when did you start to, or was it just very gradual in terms of like the, the delays with like, I don't know exactly if it was just speech or if it was like the fine motor or gross motor. Like, did you start to see that the, those issues kind of went away as he got older? Yeah, he just, um, uh, yeah. And it was, uh, yes. And it has been slow. Like it's, okay. it was, it was slow, but um looking back now it's just like I feel like blink they're now teenagers and I can't believe it and I just turned 46 I'm like no I'm still 25 (laughs) but um no he was um he was uh he needed the the good thing with with him is that he responded very well to therapies and he um and so that that helped him um per to move along with his like uh, speech and language problems and uh, challenges. And, um, and he just, uh, it's hard, you know, looking back, it's hard to kind of pinpoint the exact places. That's like, okay. You know, it's just like, it took a lot of, it just, it, you know, it's just, autism moms we just have to we have to like live one day at a time like and be patient with everything that you know because every day of their lives I've put so much energy into like advocating for them Mm -hmm. and um, teaching them to advocate for themselves Mm -hmm. and so um so 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 T was like he he had he in elementary school he was going his his grades were fine he had you know some behavioral issues but then the but then by fourth and fifth grade he kind of regressed but I think that had a lot to do with the school and by regression I mean like with the the coping mechanism like his ability to cope and then in sixth grade he did well like academically and then he started to get a more a sense of himself especially when we told him why we were finally able to say you have autism because he needed to hear that. And I think mm-hmm. that made it, it made him kind of feel like, okay, now things make sense to me. And okay. he, he felt kind of important. Like he, I told him and I think he cried mm-hmm. and then, and then he stopped and he's like, well, I've got work to do. And he, he just, and he went right up on the computer and he went to play a Minecraft game and he goes, mm-hmm. mom, I'm helping out this younger kid. Who's really struggling with Minecraft. And I know I can really help him because of my gift. So it was like, Aww. he instantly knew like the gifts of his autism. And it was mm-hmm. just I, like, I just, of course, then I was like, yes, I did the right thing by telling Aww. him. And um, huh. yeah, because, because we had to wait because if we, we had to wait until we knew for sure. Cause right. You don't want to tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, no, take it back. <laughs> yeah. It's like, never mind. You don't. Yeah. And that's very confusing. So, um, yeah. so all in all, it was good, but um he uh I hope I uh, did that answer your question yeah I, no it did okay. and I think it's I, I'm really glad that you shared his response to you know actually getting this diagnosis because that is I mean it's definitely not that anyone has like a straight and narrow path to a, an autism diagnosis but you guys definitely kind of had to like make some twists and turns before you actually kind of got there and so especially with him being a little bit older and able to really like comprehend that um that that's that's so uh incredible that that was his response to to actually being told like well you have autism that he's like I'm gonna help somebody else that's yeah my heart that is so sweet yeah and it's interesting how he like he sees things and he's very black and white and he's very literal and he's um, very, he does really well with structured days and, um, but so you think he'd be kind of like a robot, right? You hear those things and you're like, oh, T is like a robot and he has no feelings, but oh my gosh, he is, he is what I'm a very spiritual person mm-hmm. and he's like my spiritual 
son. Like he's, he's the one that like, he'll come to church. He's the acolyte. He, when he, when he prays, he's like, like, he's like closing his eyes and he's like (laughs) saying the Lord. And like, he is so like, he is so like, when we have like these, uh, when we've lost birds, we have animals. And when, when our birds have died, we have little like mini funerals and Mm -hmm. he's, he's like, we have to pray to the Lord and please take it. Like, and he's so passionate and like his heart, he has the biggest heart. And, um, so I think that's part of the reason why he would have meltdowns is because he is so, 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 so sensitive Mm -hmm. and his heart is just so full of love. Mm -hmm. Like he is just such a love bug. Like, um, and, and he loves to show it. And that's the thing, like he loves hugging. He's not, he's not uncomfortable with like the tactile, like the, Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's kind of the opposite. He's the more hypotonia. So then when we get into my younger son, he's kind of like the mirror image of, of T like he's like, he's a whole other. And that's when, so I'm like the textbook, like in terms of no, you see one child with autism, you see one child with autism because yeah, you can, they're very different. My two sons. So you can speak on that probably better than, than anybody. Um, Well, he sounds amazing. He, he sounds like, uh he kind of reminds me of logan (laughs) oh really logan is like he's he is such a love bug like i i've honestly never met a more loving child than him and he has always been that way and like just like he if if, if he could be you know just on top of us 24 7 he would be and he normally is because he just is like so so loving and and again also does so well with like that structure and routine and things tend to kind of go haywire when he doesn't have that so yeah yeah I never really thought of that like oh like that kind of like they're sort of like in robot mode like going through everything um but I guess that is kind of a way you would look at it but like you said that doesn't even matter though because it's like that it's it's not like everything is on robot mode you know Right. And that's kind of like what I, what I thought in the beginning. I'm like, here, like my husband and I are super like uber sensitive, loving, like mm-hmm. t- tender type people. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and we're like, how did we have this kind of child? Like did, and, and we're also very musically inclined. So my husband and I, and so Tyler, Oh, I just said his name. So he, okay. It's okay. Um, he, he start. he loves music. And so he would sing, but in a very monotone way. So my husband and I would joke, we're like, oh, our musical abilities canceled out with, with him. Like, but, but just joke, but, but now but he plays violin. Oh yes. And he's so good. And, and so he still appreciates music. He still sings. He, he watches, um, watches all the music stuff on TV. He loves it. He just Aww. really, really loves it so much. And, and, and just to give people hope too that, um, you know, the, the younger moms, um, with younger kids mm-hmm. that, um, you know, t- I'll, I'll just say his name. Tyler is now like, <laughs> I can have like, we, we were, he, he and I were in conflict actually just a few hours ago and it doesn't happen that often, but he, we are both, we are very similar and he, he um, has a hard time like with impulsivity and he, I had to, I had to um, give him consequences about something. And so I took away his phone and he's not, he loves to watch YouTube and learn about how to play Fortnite. Because for Fortnite is like the, the that's thing. the big thing that's the big thing right now yeah and okay. so and Where? my my sons are not allowed to play Fortnite until the weekend okay so so but I will allow them to watch YouTube video because he watches YouTube videos and then he masters it by just watching it because he's a visual learner mm-hmm. and then he jumps on Fortnite and then he like blows away all of like the kids that are five <laughs> years older than he is and that's the way it's always been and mm-hmm. so I had to take it away and he and I were and he was like bickering back and forth with me and and we were arguing but then but then we're able then he's like mom I'm so sorry that we argued and and I really want to make amends like so he's it's I I can't believe I'm having these kind of conversations with him and this child that I prayed to God over at Mm -hmm. when he was asleep at two two years old saying please like I was like fix him make him see what like realize the world and and he's okay like he's he's fine like he mm-hmm. yeah he has challenges still but he's 
you know, he knows how to advocate for himself. Like yeah. I taught him how to do that. And he does that in his IEP meeting. He sits in the IEP meetings and he's like, I don't belong in this class. I belong in that class. And they're like, okay, Tyler. Okay. <laughs> and they, and they, they listen to him and they, they really respect that. He knows, like, he just knows what he knows and he does it. And he just go. it's really, he's a remarkable kid. So he sounds incredible. And it sounds like you are you're doing a really great job especially if you're like okay Fortnite only on the weekends you you're tough I am <laughs> such a terrible disciplinarian when I hear people say stuff like that I'm like I gotta up my game I gotta, I gotta work oh gosh it's a it's a work in progress <laughs> it's taken years for us this is actually the first school year that we've I've implemented mm. it and I've stuck with it and I haven't caved okay uh, so and for- and they're 15 13 11 so that okay. it took a while <laughs> for me to to stick with it this long so we it's we fall good. off the wagon <laughs> yes well that's okay you got there and that's all yeah. that matters exactly um okay well then yeah let's let's get into your younger son then uh, yes if you will yep we'll call him cam okay cam <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah cam is totally different he when he was born um he was just, I did not pick up on anything, um, except that he was just the most beautiful, adorable little boy, little baby. And I was just, just, he was so in tune with his big brothers. Like he just, he was so like, as a, like he seemed to be going along similarly to my, like my oldest son who was very verbal, very analytical. Like, um, my oldest son, he was speaking full sentences and we were having conversations when he was 18 months old Okay, and, and where with Tyler, it was not until he was like maybe five, okay. you know, and, um, Cam, he's almost 11 and we're just starting to have, <clears throat> he's, he's, he's much different. He's got, um, I like to say he's, I don't like, using higher and lower functioning Me I like <laughs> I prefer um more support or less support okay. yeah so mm-hmm. so in our family Cam needs more support when it comes to his autism and the challenges that mm-hmm. come with his diagnosis and he has a slew of diagnosis um underneath autism oh. and I never like if you were to ask me when he was um, 15 months old, when I, when I knew Tyler was like, there's something going on. If with Cam, it was like, no, he's moving along just normal as can be. And so there's, there's this part of me that feels like that Cam was going along in the, like the right direction. We'll just say for lack of another word, Mm -hmm. like the, the neurotypical direction, let's say that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it, something happened and it wasn't a vaccine. Okay. It, it wasn't like anything like that happened one day. It mm-hmm. was just this gradual kind of like he got to like using his language well. And then all of a sudden it was just like going backwards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the heck is going like? I, I, and I couldn't see it. And then we had him. Um, but then I, then I started to open my eyes a little bit wider because I'm like, okay, I know that parent, sometimes parents are the ones who are in the most denial, not because, not because they want to be. I think it's just because like something deep down is telling them like, don't see it, don't look at it, don't look at it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what it was for me with Cam. Like I just, I don't, and, and I, and that's so surprising, right? Because I already had an autistic son. So why couldn't I? see it with cam mm-hmm. i don't know maybe because it looks so different yeah it was like and it was happening so differently so i just didn't recognize it anyway i um with cam he had a lot of health issues and those health issues i uh, that i'll mention they are they the listeners may understand this and um know about this that you know what comes with autism is often allergies asthma um, what's the other, um, like gut, gut, gut is, is issues. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's how it all kind of started with him. Okay. So we saw like, yeah, we did see a speech and like the expressive receptive was delayed similarly to that of Tyler's, but, um, Cam had like, 
he was hospitalized at 12 weeks old because he spiked this fever and was broken out in this hive, like this one giant hive all over his body. And we were like, what the heck is going on? What is this? And he had all these scary, scary tests done in, in the hospital when he was 12 weeks old and it, they just couldn't figure out what was going on. So ends up, he just had severe eczema. We're like, what? Why eczema? So I stopped nursing him because I thought he was allergic to everything that mm-hmm. I was nursing. And then we did do blood work and they found out it was milk, milk allergy. Okay. I've, they tested him blood work with everything, just milk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Milk. All right. We'll, we'll do. But even when we omitted the milk, nothing changed. And, um, he still got these hives. He, we'd sit him in the bathtub and it was like he, his butt was just a big hive oh, wow. and just from the pressure. So like okay. the, it would, it would release the histamines, like any kind of pressure anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it, like we, there was no rhyme or reason and it drove us crazy. And, um, and so we had the, re- he had reactive airway disease and, and then we, it wouldn't go away. And it was, it was like six to eight months. He continued to like have these like fevers that were up and down, up and down, up and down. And my husband worked from home a lot during this time. Cause it's like, I have three kids under the age of five, mm-hmm. one with autism. My oldest has anxiety. Um, and my youngest is having these health issues. What the heck is going on? And, um, we had them tested for, um, well, we almost did. We were very close to getting tested for cystic fibrosis. Mm. It was like, what is going on here? And so then as time progressed, um, his, he just kind of disappeared. That's really the only way I can, I don't know. There was something like all these pictures of him up until like the age of three and four, he's. No more, like, three. He's smiling. He's just so, like, he's the happiest baby. Like, mm-hmm. these baby pictures of him, he's just the, oh. And then for, like, a good chunk of time, it was maybe another four years where he just never smiled. He was like, like, where did he go? You know, and it was really, really hard. Like, it was that, like, really was very um very difficult for my husband and I, cause it's like, he just, I don't know what was going on. And, um, at the same time, he, w- the school put him into the self-contained program. They recommended that he move into the self-contained program. And we had had him diagnosed at four for autism. And it was like definitively autism. Like there was no doubt in the neurologist mind, like, n- like autism, all over the place, sensory processing disorder, OT issues. Um, you know, he didn't like to be snuggled with anymore. Like he used to snuggle with me, like, no, no more snuggling. I'm like, maybe it's because of the highs, maybe the eczema, maybe all the eczema he has is really doesn't, he doesn't want to be touched because of that. But, um, and he was also doing a lot of like climbing, like up my French doors and I'd Mm -hmm. find him like, you know, he was, he's very agile. Like, He's, very, he's gifted, like cord, he's very coordinated and he was doing all these things physically that were just like dangerous. And yep. so um, my husband built a sensory basement because he had so much anxiety and he wouldn't go to OT um, outside of school because he was terrified of these big, the big giant rooms and he still can't do that. Although we did take a recent trip, which I blogged about to um, the Freedom Tower. And we went up that hundred, he, he had his yellow headphones on and <laughs> he did it. Like if, if you read it, it's called, it's called, oops, we forgot our son had autism. That's the name of it. It's a two part. <laughs> and then the second one is a follow-up on the, oops, we forgot. Okay. <laughs> so um, th- that's a, a um, interesting one to read. Um, yeah. It's been, uh, I've got, anyway, so, so Cam um, was, Okay. So his, so he was always very skinny. He was in a self-contained program. He, his diet was very, very like singular. He only wanted a certain kind of pizza and that was it. Mm -hmm. And he wouldn't eat anything else. So we, the, the self-contained program he was in was great. We, he loved it. We started to see him become like kind of come out of like this, uh, under this rock that he was under for a couple mm-hmm. of years. And, but we did see a lot of anxiety. We did see like inattention issues. So we put him on medication as well. 
but then over the past year and a half, he started to like, he grew, grow taller. So he's almost the same height as my middle son. Oh, wow. So they think some people think they're twins, which drives Tyler (laughs) crazy. And, um, and, um, then Cam, so Cam, uh, was growing taller, but he was also bloating. Like he was getting really bloated and he was having a lot of bowel problems, like, Mm -hmm. and headaches and his allergies were worsening and eczema all over the place. And we just, he he was on, we had him at the allergist and everything. It was like, nothing could be on. Well, long story short, last year, my husband and I like just brought him in for all such sorts of intensive testing and found out he has celiac disease. Oh, okay. Okay. And also pretty severe, like auditory processing disorder, language processing disorder, Mm -hmm. and everything. So we're going through a lot more testing right now. And that's all I can really say about that right now yeah if you know what I mean because yeah. it's like mm-hmm. related to his placement in school and mm-hmm. and how the school feels that they're you yeah. know they're doing everything right and we're like wait look at all these things yeah and, okay here's 10 more minutes of speech therapy no sorry that's not gonna work <laughs> um so so now what we've we've had him on this gluten-free diet since um May when we found out and I tell you what <laughs> It has made a huge change, a huge, huge change in terms of like brain fog. Um, his language has grown, is, it's gotten so much better. Like he, mm-hmm. un, he understands a lot better. He can use his words a lot better. Um, he's still not there yet because he really does need like a very multi-sensory approach to learning type school. Mm-hmm. And um we're hoping we get to that place by next year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he, he's had the health issues. Um, so we're, you know, feeding him tons of like, um, supplements right now. And he's on like MCT oil and okay. he's had 50 like vials and vials of blood work done. And, mm-hmm. um, he, uh, uh, so he's, so he's has the autism with like the, the, the learning disabilities and with the, um, he does a lot of the echo type yeah. stuff. Um, uh, and he has a lot more quirks, um, that we love and that are very endearing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and then, and then that's when we forget he has autism when we go out into the real world and people look at him and stare at him and, and he does get bullied sometimes. <clears throat> and, and, uh, we forget, you know, cause we, everything about him, we just love cause he's just so adorable and funny Aww. and, and he loves his family. And that's the thing like of all my, of like, he's probably the most social now. And that, that's like, I'm so grateful for, cause he was kind of like in, in hiding. We don't know where he was for those mm-hmm. four years. And now he's like, he want he's like thirsty, thirsty to be social and to have the knowledge, have all the knowledge to be social. And and he just needs to, he needs to be taught how to be social appropriately, you know, like, I, you know, like, and that I have a hard time with too, because it's like, you know, what is appropriate? Like, right. Like, it's like, he's not being mean to anyone. Like he, he wants, he, like, he needs to learn not to like get too close to people when he talks to them. Um, because he always wants to find out if he's taller than <laughs> the other person. Like that's his big thing right now is his height. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so Cam's journey's been a little bit more intensive. It's been a little bit um, more. Um, I guess my husband and I have been more grief stricken about it. That was going to be my yeah. my my question for you. Is I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, two. I mean, I I have one one child on the spectrum, and it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. I think it's definitely it's gotten easier. It's, and I, I view it very differently than I did like back in the beginning of our kind of journey. Um, but I mean, for you with, with two kids, was it like when you found out, you know, your first son was diagnosed, then when your second son was diagnosed, did you feel like you, you knew how to handle it at that point? Or was it just like such a blow to now be like, okay, now we have to deal with this times two. Yeah, I was numb. I was, um, okay. I, I remember walking out of, um, that appointment. My mother came with me cause my husband 
wasn't able to, but we knew it was going to be an autism diagnosis, but in a, we, in the, we kind of were hoping maybe, maybe not, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know who are we kidding, but <laughs> I remember walking out and t- uh, my other two sons were with me at the time and um, they were running ahead to get to the elevator and who could push the button first. And I just, I just held back and I just started sobbing and I I my mom saw me duck into the bathroom Mm -hmm. and so she stayed outside with the kids and um but then she was torn because she's like I I want to help my daughter and yeah the kids and 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 then I came out and I just brushed it off and I'm like I I just I'll be fine I'll be fine for now um but it it was um it was it was very overwhelming like I just I feel like I I hit like a the, the, for the for the next couple of years, I uh, I'm trying to think back now. Mm-hmm. It was I was having a very difficult time coping. Yeah, and um, and I I know we were going to touch on this. I don't know how much time we had. No, go ahead. Because, but um, one of the things that um I had been struggling with for most of my life before having children was my, I was struggling with my relationship with alcohol mm-hmm. and, um, that kind of ebbed and flowed as the years went by. And, um, deep down, I kind of knew I, I liked drinking a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. And I always thought oh, it was a little bit different than other people that drank because I always just wanted more and more and more and more. And so like throughout the course of my life, I was very, um, uh, you know, of course I didn't drink when I was pregnant. Um, I didn't drink when I was nursing, but could I, I, I couldn't wait until I was done so I could start, <laughs> I could start drinking again, you know, cause that, that was my crutch. And I really mm-hmm. like for most of my life, you know, so I had my kids between the ages of 30 and 35. And so by, from 14, the age of 14 until having kids, like everything I did revolved around alcohol, you know, like I was a big partier. I did everything. Usually like the school I chose had to had to have a lot of, you know, drinking in it. And like, I did things that involved, like, I just, that's really what I thought about a lot. Like, and I thought about it a lot more after, um, Cam's diagnosis. And I kind of got to a place of, did I, did I F them up? Did I do this to them? Mm -hmm. And I was, um, feeling hopeless and I just, was really sinking into a hole and I don't know. And, and we were in the part of, we were in the midst of moving because we were in a district that we didn't feel could address the kids needs. So we moved into a different, to a different town mm-hmm. um, to um, have better services um, in district for our children. And um, during that time, I was just having panic attacks like crazy and, I, I have depression, anxiety, which is usually what, what goes along with alcoholism, which I, I am in recovery for alcoholism. Um, and I have been for six and a half years yeah. and yeah, <laughs> and it's really, um, and that's one of the reasons, that's the biggest reason why I jumped into social media mm-hmm. because I really felt like that, um, I, I feel like there's a lot of us out there, a lot of other people like me, a lot of moms and dads out there who are using alcohol as a crutch as they're dealing with the, the, the trauma of having kids with, with autism. And, um, and for me, um, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a, uh, having Cam diagnosed was kind of what, one of the the seeds, one of the many seeds, big seeds that were planted, and I write about seeds being planted. I, was say, I know you talk about seeds. Yes, um, I have more seeds uh, to share <laughs> um, in in my blog that'll to, to come. Yeah, but um, the uh, the biggest seed was was planted, which I haven't written about yet. Um, and I woke up one morning and I was like. And I was up to like two or three bottles of wine a night. It was really bad. Mm-hmm. And it was for a good year. Um, 
and it was I can't remember it was like around it was around the time maybe right after he was diagnosed Mm -hmm. Uh, it just escalated to like um to to craziness and uh I I woke up one morning and you know really hung over and and throwing up and it was a school day you know so and and somehow I managed I think that's it's, it's incredible to me that like, I somehow managed to get my kids out the door. Um, <laughs> You're and, still a mom. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and here I am hung over every morning and tr- trying so hard to like not be hung over and chugging water and doing everything I can just to be normal the next day. And, and, but this one particular morning I woke up and I had had a dream and that, and that's what I'm going to talk about. And I'm going to blog about mm-hmm. this dream was like really a gift from, from God. And I do have a very, very, um, my spiritual life is really important to me because mm-hmm. it does keep me sober. And, mm-hmm. uh, but that morning I went into, um, Cam, Cam's room and he was, he was just starting to like be kind of come out of his shell again. And, um, after the diagnosis and, and getting the, the right kind of school program. And I laid down next to him and I was just so, I was so hungover and I looked at him and he was just, so naive to, Mm -hmm. to my sickness, what, what was going on with me. And, and he just looked at me so innocently and this gorgeous, gorgeous child and looked into my eyes. Hi mommy. And I just, just wept. And I was like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. And so that, that day I decided it, I think it's a good idea for me to, to check out an AA meeting and Mm -hmm. all the years up to that point, I had, I, never even considered it. I never thought, but, and, and for the, the last year before I went into the program, I woke up every morning really mad that I wasn't dead. Like that's how bad it got. Oh wow! But then why, how, like the miracle is like, how did I wake up this one morning and decide that it, it was a good idea to go to a meeting? Because that's essentially equated to like, this is the way I'm going to save my life. Yeah. You know? So so, and it did, it saved my life. And, um, I am a totally, di- like, I am the person that I, I truly feel I was meant to be mm-hmm. in sobriety. And, and I am a, such a better mom, like, like with the, the things that like the conflict that was occurring today, like I handled it in a way that I'm like, I feel good about, like I, cause I, <laughs> cause the, the program that I'm in of recovery truly is a design for living mm-hmm. and it helps me to have the tools to learn how to cope mm-hmm. and, and I can teach my kids that just by, just by being, just by living life and them seeing me, how I handle situations, mm-hmm. um, situations that used to baffle me and used to just, you know, make me fall apart. And when they were like babies, um, my oldest was nine and that's when I went into the program and, and, um, they don't remember me as an alcoholic or uh, as an active alcoholic, mm-hmm. they, um, they just see me as, as who I am now. And, and, and it is so much easier, um, to be their parents because, you know, with, I think, you know, we all, as parents, I think we all fear our children's future, especially nowadays, like nowadays, it just seems like a scary world, you know, and, but the, those of us that have special needs kids and we, we don't really know what their future looks like, that like we don't have that crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Like it's even scarier. Like we live every day, like worrying, 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 worrying. But the gift of recovery and the gift of sobriety and the gift of being in a program has enabled me to just live every day, not living in fear, mm-hmm. but living in faith and faith, faith and hope. You know, like I'm not trying mm-hmm. to be like this, you know, like a religious, like holier than thou no. kind of person, uh, just more that I, I wake up in the morning and I'm grateful to be alive, which is great, you know, so <laughs> I can, you know, be, be a mom, which is yeah. what I always wanted to be. Yeah. And, and I, I can get, just respond to things that happen in life that are sometimes really hard, mm-hmm. um, sometimes scary, um, and often great. And I can just respond, um, just say like respond in a very, uh, I feel like I'm adulting much better. Let's say, (laughs) you know, like I can, you know, I can be a model to my kids and, 
you know, if something happens, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to explain. Perhaps we can do another segment on, on this, this piece <laughs> itself, but if, if you have viewer uh, listeners that are, are interested, but mm-hmm. um, it, it is um, a, a gift and, and I can see now like the, um, you know, with, with my children, there's like parts of some of them that I'm like, Hmm, you know, that looks kind of like, a, it's kind of like ism ish, you know, like there's, something going on there, but I can, I have the tools. So because of what I've learned and I have so much more to learn because I'm, it's only six and a half years I've been in the program, but, mm-hmm. um, I can, I can teach them good coping skills. Cause I really didn't have good coping skills up until that point. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really that because, because I, I had these children not to keep them like in a, in a, um, cage the rest of their lives in my, in my life. I, I had them so that they could go out into the world and be happy, mm-hmm. you know, and be functional human beings. And, and, you know, we're not quite sure with my youngest son, if he will, just because of what his autism looks like right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm more and more as, as time goes by, I think, I don't know. I think, you know, it, there, he may be able to live in like a, in a, in a living facility that they yeah. have more and more nowadays that, mm-hmm. that are for, um, you know, adults, young adults that are, that have autism. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, because once he gets the right therapies, he may be able to function, you know, and, and, and function in terms of like his language skills, communication, social skills. Yeah. Um, those might increase significantly. So I feel like I've, I have like monopolized this entire <laughs> no podcast episode. Uh, Talking so much to say, and it's it's so compelling. Um, yeah, I feel like I have like so many things to just. I, I'm just like I'm in awe of this this whole journey. Um, I just think it's incredible, and thank you for being so open and vulnerable we were talking about being vulnerable before we started recording and um it's definitely it's scary but I think just hearing you speak about I mean not only you know your children and dealing with their autism diagnoses but you and your sobriety and getting to that point um whether whether you can relate to those things on a personal level or not it's really moving to, to hear you speak about it because it, you, you are so vulnerable in such like a, an honest, like earnest type of way. Um, and I just, I, I appreciate that so much. So you, I'm happy to let you monopolize. Oh, well, Megan, Megan, I, 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 Megan, thank you so much because, uh, you know, I, I hope that if, if, if one person, if there's one listener out there who can identify with what I, I mm-hmm. have been sharing, you know, there, there are, you know, there is a, an easier way mm-hmm. to live life. Um, and you don't have to be chained by, um, by addiction, whether it be yeah. alcohol or drugs. I know drugs are really big right now. And yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's really, that's really scary too. And so um, I just hope in, in sharing my story, it can help other people. Mm-hmm. Um, not only to hope with, with the autism piece, because, you know, like I said, like the, the, like we want that crystal ball. Right. And, <laughs> you know, and, and it ends up like, okay, so my cam is 11, Tyler's 13. And, and I, I'm at a place of feeling like, I think, you know, they're going to be okay, you know? And, and you kind of like, we've, my husband and I are settled into the, this, like our neurodiverse family, which I yeah. call be- I'm like, I am proud to call my family beautifully neurodiverse because yes. we, you know, we, we offer so much, um, so much um unique gifts to the world and to mm-hmm. our family and and so um it's something that it's easier to embrace now where it's mm-hmm. it's not so scary anymore um Absolutely. so yeah yeah no i i feel the same way i feel like i remember before logan got diagnosed and like right after he got diagnosed and i mean even now like there there are definitely times that i worry about the future and like you said you you want that crystal ball and you're never going to get it so <laughs> no. There's no point in you know wishing for it, right. um, but I remember having having those feelings of just being so fearful for the future and like what what is our day to day gonna look like? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then I just kind of realized, I mean, kind of suddenly for me, at least I'm like, oh, well, we're, we're already living the day to day. Like this, yeah. this is it. This is what it looks like. So it's just kind of like embracing that and like shifting your perspective mm-hmm. um, that I think it, w- once you can do that, you, you can, you can kind of do anything and, and you touched on it also, but hope is such a, a huge thing for me. Cause I just feel like if you can have like, even just that little shred of hope, you can like conquer, but if you start to let that hope diminish, that's when things like, you know, you, you feel that weight yeah. down. So it's just like, I've had a couple moms since starting the show reach out to me and ask like, you know, how, how do you hold on to hope? And I'm like, you just hold on to it for dear life because yeah. that, that will keep you going. Um, even and connecting too, connecting yeah. with other people yeah. and, uh-huh. and finding your people that you're comfortable connecting with and, and holding on to them Absolutely. because whether it be with social media or people within your community, mm-hmm. um, that, that, you know, is really, really important. I know that I've, I've, I have a, my squad of special needs moms, <laughs> you know, and, and we, we have a very, very special connection and we've known each other's children now for, you know, about a decade, around a decade, Mm -hmm. um, a little more. And, um, and that, and that's very, very, very important. So it keeps, keeps keeps us from isolating. So absolutely. Yeah. That's basically why I started the podcast. So yay. Hooray. Hats off to you, Megan. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Those connections are, they are priceless. Um, well, I feel like I could just keep talking to you, um, but I think we should probably wrap things up. But again, thank you so much for coming on and for being so vulnerable and sharing this whole journey. Um, do you want to share like your blog where people can connect with you? Sure. Um, it's um, unexpectedlyauthentic.com. And that's your Instagram also. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And you, like I said, all, all of your posts uh, on your blog and on your Instagram, I just, they, I, every time I read one, I'm just like, oh, it's so, it's so real and authentic, which can sometimes be hard to find <laughs> on Aww. social media. And um, I just appreciate that so much. Well, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. And that's really, that's the, that's the reason why I wanted to, to just be real and be raw and, be honest because that that seems to that seems to be the key ingredient to kind of heal each other and heal ourselves right and absolutely and mm-hmm. heal the world perhaps yes. um all of us together doing that is I think um been important so oh, I love yeah. it I love it well thank you so much Sarah well thank you for for giving me this opportunity and good luck with this podcast it's amazing oh, I, w- I will definitely um, mention it on on my all my social media oh, networks good. too <laughs> I appreciate it I I love doing it because like you said that making the connections um it just it means so much so it's been it's been pretty wonderful oh, all right well you take care and have a good rest of your evening thank you you too Megan Thanks. we'll talk to you soon okay, okay. bye bye okay well I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Sarah I was so compelled listening to her speak and her story. I think it is really important to hear from all different perspectives as far as autism goes. And I think just obviously within her her own family, we can see how different autism can be, which is just so interesting. Um, And I just think that she's incredible, especially with her sobriety and everything that she is is sharing it's 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 really something special um i did want to share that since we recorded this episode she has since kind of split in two with her blog so now she has unexpectedly authentic which we had talked about on the episode but she also has unexpectedly autistic so the the autistic blog is really focusing on autism and not just her journey, but also sharing other stories of autism. And she actually is working on a podcast herself, which is also unexpectedly autistic. So I will tag all that when I when I post the show. If you're not following me on social media, you got to do that. <laughs> um, I always tag everything so you can find all the guests and share fun little tidbits and 
stuff like that. So if you would like to connect with me on Facebook, the page is Adventures in Autism Podcast. On Instagram, it is Adventures in Autism Pod. Or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. Again, I love hearing from all of you. If you have a story that you would like to share on the podcast, please let me know. If you just want to chat, I love that too. Um, I'm just going to say one more time, if you enjoy listening, please leave a review on Apple Podcast. It really helps the show. And I just want to say again, thank you so much to everybody who's been listening. It is just incredible to watch this community grow every week. And... Thank you again to my guest, Sarah, and until next time, take care.